Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Christmas Eve, everybody. We have, I don't know, probably an impossible amount of action from what the true opening night and opening day of the NBA right here on the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Dave DeFore, of course. I'm joined by Andrew Schlecht, who's also going to produce this show, wearing all the hats tonight. Before we get started, I want you guys to go to theathletic.com slash daily ding if you're not a subscriber and sign up. It's the best deal we're running all year. Buy one, gift one. That's right. You buy a subscription to The Athletic, you get to gift one to a friend. It's two for the price of one. You could actually buy one for yourself and just give one to someone else. Make them think that you bought it just for them. Don't tell them you bought one for yourself. They'll think you're very generous. Really, it's like a Homer Simpson gift. Theathletic.com slash Daily Ding. Buy one, gift one. Go do it now. Christmas is literally tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Coming up on today's show, the Suns' undefeated streak continues. But first, Andrew, Jason Tatum said he called game. Now, I don't believe him. <laughs> but the Boston, <laughs> the Boston Celtics beat the Bucks in their home opener 122 to 121. On a, on a very lucky Jason Tatum banked in three over Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, that being said, hey, look, you make the shot. That's great. You can strut all you want, but, uh, you know, it was still a bank shot. Yeah, he, he called game, but did he call glass? Like, I don't I don't know that he called <laughs> glass on that one. Yeah, uh, for, for sure he did not. I mean, look, uh, it's fine. Lucky shots go in all the time. They go yep. in at the buzzer. Um <laughs> The mean mug is come on, it's a little bit much. It, hey man, it's it's opening night. You're you're on national television. You you hit that shot in front of Giannis. I mean, come on, you got yeah. you got it. You got a mean mug that all I right, would I, mean mug that. I don't care if it bounced off the top of the backboard and went in. I would mean mug it all day long. <laughs> mean <laughs> mug is not my preferred celebration, but you know, listen, I like I like when the guys bank in a three and they just. You know, they get that big grin on their face because they know they got lucky. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, still, you hit the shot. They go up uh, two with 0.4 seconds left. And then kind of a wild sequence to end the game. And, of course, spoiler alert, the Celtics wind up winning. Uh, but Giannis is fouled on an attempted inbound. Drew Holiday's throwing him a lob at the basket. And they call a foul. And, and Andrew... Let me know if you're with me on this. In real time, I I thought that he w- that Giannis was definitely fouled, um, but when, on the replay, it looked like really good defense. And if anything, it seemed like Giannis could have been called for the offensive foul before the pass was actually made. Yeah, there was the there was really no contact until really kind of after you could see an elbow go into Giannis from Thompson, but. That was really the only contact that I didn't like on that play. It really should have been a no call. Uh, and honestly, if you're Giannis, you may have preferred it been a no call because <laughs> then he has to go to the free throw line and makes one. You're like, okay, like this is a good like prove it moment for Giannis because I mean that's I mean that's what everything has been about in this preseason and at, you know after he signs the contract, okay, like prove it in these big moments and like okay, great, Giannis, you get this big moment, you know, first game of the year. And he misses and game over. So maybe he prefers that 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 foul didn't get called. I mean, yeah, absolutely. He would have had an excuse. Although I think that um, the kind of competitor he is, 
He's probably more mad that he missed a free throw than he got the opportunity no to doubt. miss the free throw. So, no doubt. Uh, but with that being said, look, Tristan Thompson was great all night in this game. And I questioned the signing when Boston made it. I think he, he like showed the vision for the Celtics bringing him on. He got some really tough interior uh, offensive rebounds that they weren't getting last year. Like Tice just wasn't able to do the stuff that Thompson's able to do this, you know, on this team. He he can bully guys a little bit. He actually drew three charges on Giannis in this game. Giannis wound up getting called for four because Grant Williams also picked up one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about Tristan Thompson? I, I, it's a game changer for them defensively against Giannis, I think. Yeah, he's a really smart defender. I mean, the thing that shocked me most about Thompson was that they started him next to Tice. Yeah, uh, yeah, that I, was unexpected. I, I did not see that coming, and I was like, oh, my, I think I text somebody gross whenever I heard that. But I was impressed. I was impressed with his play, and I think you know, credit to Brad Stevens for kind of scheming up the defense the way that he did, but uh, I think that he's... He's definitely a, a tough-minded defender that you need for to defend a guy like Giannis. Uh, and they've, they've had a ton of experience doing it uh, in, in the playoffs and in multiple games. And I think that they, they could kind of see that Thompson would, would match up well with them, and they were right. Yeah, and he was great not only when Giannis had the ball, but I thought he did a good job off the ball too, uh, not letting him get to the spots that he wanted to get to early, you know, really making contact with him around a three-point line when he was mm-hmm. off the ball. And, I mean, again, you you can see even in game one that this signing was very much about potentially running into the Bucks and maybe even, to a certain degree, running into the Heat sure. in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine Tristan Thompson on BAM to a certain degree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Because you, in my mind, I think about that Eastern Conference Finals and bam, bringing the ball up the floor and just ramming it down Tice's throat every time. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to do that to Tristan Thompson. I think it. I think it is an an underrated signing for sure. And I think you you see that from night one. And I didn't even hate them playing together because Tice was actually shooting threes instead of you know kind of record scratching a little bit. He, he took six of them, hit two. Uh, really good game from Tice. I thought uh, playing alongside Tristan Thompson for for quite a bit of it. Uh, but the big addition during the offseason for the Bucks, Drew Holiday. Uh, hard to think of a better debut in a loss. Yep. 25 points, six rebounds, three assists, couple steals, had a block. I thought he looked really good. I, I wanted to see more Drew Giannis pick and roll, but I think that that will be coming. Uh, what do you think about Drew Holiday tonight? I thought he brought everything that you want him to. You know, he was, he was playmaking on the offensive end. He was making shots. He was only one of four from three, which is is not, I mean, you're, he's going to have lots of nights like that. He's not an outrageously good shooter, but uh, I think he showed a lot for this team, and I think it bodes well. The The thing about the Bucks tonight is that they just, they did keep battling, which was good, because there were, there were points in the game where it felt like, okay, they could kind of let go of the rope a little bit, but they continued to battle, and I think that's, that's definitely a characteristic of Drew Holiday, and he kind of kept them in the game. Um, so I was impressed. I was impressed with him. I thought that Chris Middleton also had a really nice night. Uh, 27 points, 14 boards, 8 assists. I thought that he was spectacular. The he's, passing. He's, the passing yeah. was excellent. Yeah, I think people forget how skilled he is and, and what a, really what a good player he is. And, and a lot of that is just because of how he performed in the playoffs. But, man, in the regular season, Chris Middleton 
is an all-star player, and he showed that what? again. He's an MVP player when he plays Boston, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, no you know, kidding. One of the themes early in this game, speaking of the passing, was I noticed that the Bucks were leaking out in transition early and often, all game. I mean, even DJ Wilson threw a full court uh, hit-ahead pass, and mm-hmm. I wonder if this is part of you know adding new wrinkles. They're looking to be more aggressive. You know, if you get the, if you are are the deep man, now you're taking off. And that's a bit of a departure from what Bud has done in, in the last few years, so something to monitor. Uh, on the other side of the ball for the Celtics, I mean, it, the story really starts and ends with the Jays. They're going to be yep. under the microscope all season, especially with the loss of Gordon Hayward and what that does to their playmaking and their wing depth. They're going to be leaning on those guys even more. And they were spectacular in the first game. I mean, there's there's just no other way to put it. 63 combined points between Tatum and Brown. Uh, I want to start with Tatum just because he hit the game winner. What did you feel about Tatum's game tonight? Do you, do you think that he maybe missed a few opportunities that he wasn't missing last year? Man, I, Jason Tatum just really took over on the offensive end tonight. I, I love that he took 13 threes. <laughs> I absolutely love that. 28 shots. That that it, it was shocking when I actually looked at the box score after the game. I It didn't feel like he took that many. I, he was aggressive, but it didn't feel out of the flow of, of the game. Yeah, no, he, he picks his spots, and, he, he, and he's out there finding guys, too. I mean, he... I don't know what the potential assist for him would look like, but I imagine that it's quite a bit higher than his two assists that he had tonight. Because he was out there finding guys. Even at the end of the game, he had drawn a double team and threw it to Tice, and Tice missed the three. But it was like, oh, like that's the right play. And so it wasn't just like, give me the ball, I'm going to go get mine. You're right, it did come within the flow of the offense. Yeah, and, and Jalen Brown doesn't get the the pub that Jason Tatum does. Obviously, Jason Tatum, everyone considers him at this point to be in the upper echelon of the NBA. Jalen Brown took a leap, too. It mm-hmm. just it wasn't the same kind of, because he's a different player than Tatum, so different type of leap. But he clearly is a, a different guy offensively than he was at the, even the start of last season. No doubt. I mean, he he really does it all. I was very impressed with him. I think I was more impressed with him than I was with Tatum tonight. Uh, 33 points, five boards, four assists, two steals and a block. I mean, he just filled it up. And zero turnovers. That was the thing that really, I mean, that's really why they won. They only turned the ball over six times total. I mean, that's unbelievable. (laughs) Well, that's an an indictment of Milwaukee's defense, man. Just just not making plays defensively. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, we just watched them that killed them against Miami, you know. And Miami is a team that did make the plays, and you would think that they would they would be looking to do that. I thought Dante Divincenzo was pretty much the only guy, kind of making dynamic plays. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Divincenzo was very active. I thought that he played well, played well tonight. But yeah, I mean, Jalen Brown, his his dynamic shot making is something that. He's really developed and like he's really, really worked on his game and he, he's come a long way. And I mean, I I think he was the best player on the Celtics. Tonight. I know Tatum hit that shot and they wanted Tatum to have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. I thought Jalen was the best player. Really, he may have been the best player on the court tonight. He just was he was incredible. And I I noticed this from 
Tatum, and I, I did notice it within the flow of the game, but he didn't shoot a free throw tonight. We need to get Jay, we need to get Jason Tatum to the free throw line. He's got to be more aggressive, man. He needs to watch some Luka Doncic tape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. No really get those elbows flying. You know, get get the defense frustrated. Um, I think that that's the next step for him. He's got to be more aggressive about trying to get to the free throw line. Those mm-hmm. easy baskets. I mean, that's how you lead the league in scoring. No doubt, Se- seven to ten free throws a game, and and it puts you in a different echelon as far as scoring goes. And it's one of, to me that's one of the steps that make you, you know, get into that tier two, that tier one of elite players is being able to, to go to the line and manufacture points when you're not getting them elsewhere. Now, luckily, you know, he was six of 13 from three, so he wasn't having any trouble scoring at all. But you know, as, as this regular season drags on, this is something that's just going to make it easier on them. It's going to make it easier on their defense. And you know, if if you're going to be the lead guy, you've got to get to the free throw line. Now, Boston, Traditionally, doesn't shoot a ton of free throws. They only shot 11 in this game. It's one of my big criticisms of Brad Stevens' offense is that they they just don't generate looks that that you get fouled on a lot. You know, you're not going to the basket quite enough. Just not doing things that that put you in a position to get those easy points. So maybe Tatum, you know, getting a little bit more of a longer leash to to isolate can find a way to to get those free throws. Yeah, yeah, I think. Also, like Kevin Durant, like that's what that's how Durant like he had that run a few years ago where he scored twenty five points and like I don't know how many consecutive games it was like forty something consecutive games. It was just because he would just get to the line, you know, ten twelve times a game, every game, and he would just and you wouldn't even know it, and you'd look up in the third quarter like, oh, he's got twenty five again. It's because he gets to the free throw line. It's it's a big deal. It's a big deal for for superstars like Jason Tatum, and it will. Well, I mean, he's already a great player, but it's, if he can get to that level where he's taking eight a game, like he's top five in the league. Like I believe that he has that potential. So I, I don't, I don't like to be the guy that that screams small sample size uh, when it's meant to be fun, and I think we could have a little bit of fun tonight because it's so early. And so from the games we're going to break down, I want to ask you this question: What's your hottest take from just this one game? From the Milwaukee Boston game, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not—I don't know—a hot take. Uh, let's see. Jalen Brown is the best Celtic. <laughs> wow. Well, he was the best Celtic in this game. It's clearly—I mean, I don't—I don't see any reason why that's slowing down, man. He was—he was incredible tonight. He was so good. Uh, my hot take actually isn't even hot because it's a take that I had before tonight. Uh, but the the bench performance proved my point. They had 12 points off the bench. Yeah. yeah. You know, Giannis Middleton and Holiday combined for 87 points. And they <laughs> lost. They may have the best trio in the NBA, but they may have like the worst supporting cast coming off the bench. I mean, I mean Sa- Sam Merrill played in a game yeah. in a one point game, and I like Sam Merrill. I think that he could be a player in the NBA. Shouldn't be playing in this game. Should not be playing in this game. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> that's how I feel about Bobby Portis. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, it's just uh, the bench. I think is going to be a problem all year, but. Uh, it is encouraging to see that Giannis played 36 minutes. Yeah. Middleton and Holiday both played 38. So, um, yeah, not really much we can honestly take away from one game. 
Um, but I thought I thought physically both teams looked pretty ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. In Phoenix, oof, man, the Suns look pretty good. They they beat the Mavericks one hundred six to one hundred two. Andrew, you know this game wound up wound up only being a four point game. It never felt out of control at any point for Phoenix to me. No, and it, it's because they kind of did it by committee. Uh, Devin Booker started off really hot and cooled off, and not only cooled off with his shooting, but he just stopped taking shots. <laughs> his first quarter, he was incredible, but then he only ended up taking 15 shots on the night, which was a little bit shocking. But then you had the bench really stepped up for them. Cam uh, Johnson. He's taken like a little mini leap here. I thought that he was very good. Not just, I mean, when he came into the league, I thought, okay, this guy's probably just a spot up shooter. That's great. Like nice to have those kind of guys. Uh, he was taking the ball to the basket. He had really soft touch off the dribble. I thought he was really good. And then the resurgence of Cameron Payne. I watched Cameron Payne in OKC <laughs> and he was not good. Just flat out, not a good basketball player and credit to him. He had to be humbled and go to the G League, and he fought his way back into the league, and he actually had a nice night. 11 points, 3 assists, 3 boards, 5 of 9 from the field. I thought that he had a really nice game and and showed that he belongs. You know, Cam Johnson, it's funny because they got Jay Crowder, and what Jay does is really hard to replicate. Mm-hmm. But Cam Johnson can at least do the offensive part. Like, I yeah. think Cam Johnson could be a 40% three-point shooter on 10 attempts a game. I think he could do that. Like, he's Mm -hmm. good enough to do that. He showed a lot more dynamism with the ball in his hands. Like you said, attacking the basket. I thought that was fantastic. He's likely to continue to come off the bench. But I wouldn't be surprised if a month from now, it's a much harder choice to make because Cam looked great physically. He looked so much better than he looked all of last season. So clearly, like, whatever, you know, lingering issues he had with the hip – that's all gone. Um, I thought his burst was great. And, you know, it's funny when a guy is sort of been typecast as a shooter. Like, that's what, that's what Cam Johnson does. He's just a shooter. And then you get surprised when you see him show, oh, hey, uh, he's also a, a plus athlete. Okay, cool. He can yeah. do other stuff. Okay, cool. And now they've got this little piece that, you know, allows him a lot of flexibility. And I say this as somebody who just wrote about the Suns over at The Athletic with Seth Partnow. And while writing about them, I probably went about three or four seats higher, like in the <laughs> middle of just going through all of the pieces that they have. Because like like you mentioned, campaign looks like an, an NBA player now. Mm-hmm. They got Langston Galloway. He gave him 11 off the bench tonight. 11 and nine minutes for Galloway. I just, <laughs> it, they just, they're loaded. Chris yeah. Paul might've been the worst player on the court tonight. For the yeah. Suns, let's not say worse. Let's say least effective. He wasn't really doing a lot. He was being very passive. And before we started recording, you mentioned that it reminded you of how he was early on last season in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he the, to begin the season, he was just kind of all out of sorts, and he, to the point where you're asking the question, like, okay. Does he want to be here at all? Like, we know he's saying he wants to be here. He doesn't look like he wants to be here. And then he just woke up about, I can't remember, it was maybe 10 or 12 games in. He played. They played the Sixers. And after the game, he was like, they let me hoop. They finally let me hoop. We're like, what does that mean? I don't know. But he woke up. And, and maybe it's maybe he just needs to rev up a little bit. 
Uh, or maybe he's just feeling out the roster a little bit in the regular season. Like, okay, who do, who do we got here? Like, I well, think obviously he knows all these guys and knows their games, but I wonder if he's just kind of picking his spots and then eventually he can kind of take over. Because he probably, I mean, Devin Booker is the best player on the team, but mm-hmm. there will be many nights where Chris Paul will be the best player on the team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wonder if there was a little bit of just deference. Let me let me come and fit in. You know, this yeah. is everybody's first game. I, You know, you mentioned it was by committee. I mean, legitimately by committee. They had six guys take nine shots or more. Yeah. It's very rare. Um, Chris Paul only had five assists, four rebounds, eight points. So nothing to write home about. But, you know, I, I do wonder – if if this isn't some next level basketball IQ stuff where he's like, if I if I can just go in there, make passes, make guys, you know, set guys up, allow them to do things, um, then maybe they won't feel like I'm trying to take over when I do actually take over in the way that Chris Paul does. Yeah. I, mean, I don't it's know. Not dissimilar to OKC at all last year. I mean, he yeah. did the exact same thing. I mean, he made Dennis Schroeder feel like he was the man. Dennis Schroeder had the best season of his career. Next was, to Chris Paul. Yeah, he was he was very good in a in a lineup that people mocked, like openly mocked before the season. Like Billy Donovan, yeah, yeah, right. He's going to play a three guard lineup. Yeah, good luck with that. Well, turns out it's the best lineup in the league because they all work so well together. And I think that it really bodes well if Chris can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Suns team is going to be they're going to be a surprise to people. I think they're, you're going to wake up and. March and they're going to be the, the three or four seed and be like what what's going on here the Phoenix Suns like I th- I think they can legitimately be there the the one disappointing spot for for Phoenix for me was DeAndre Ayton uh, he picked up those early fouls and I thought a couple of them were pretty cheap um, yeah. but it was obvious after he got those fouls that that it kind of took him not only took him out of the game from a minutes played perspective he only finished the game with twenty four minutes uh, but I thought a little bit mentally as well wasn't physical at all. No, he's not a very physical player as it is. Right. Okay. But there was a, there was a lack of even a base level of physicality from him the rest of the game. And one of the keys I think for Aiton to, to continue to progress as a player is going to be that physicality. He shot six free throws in this game, which is a huge improvement for him. Um, but they weren't free throws that he drew. I mean, we just talked about this with Jason Tatum. He really needs to to use his size, use his skill, use his athleticism, and use his freaking strength. And I mean, the guy is an ox, mm-hmm. but you never see it on the basketball court. So, uh, what did you think about Aiton in this game? Yeah, he had his moments. I mean, he had moments where he knew that like Maxi Kleber's on him, and he's he's going to score on him. Oh, he and was I, getting a good, a great seal. Like he was running hard down the court. He could do that against every center in the league. Yeah, he should. Yeah. And he, but he, he didn't, it was, it was really just that spurt in the second half where he did that. And it was like, Oh, okay. Like that's, that's really nice from him. But then um, not nice was one of those possessions finished with him taking a little like 12 foot that fade jumper. away from the yes. baseline. That, and and oh, that those me. are the yeah. plays. He should be dominating that matchup physically, and he can. Yes, it's just you know it's it's between the ears, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way, but it it is he has to be determined to do it. It's about him he, making a decision to do it, without a doubt. I mean that's that's I mean people dog Shaq all the time on like I was a Shaq fan growing up, but there was something about Shaq where he just mentally wanted to destroy who was in front of him, and. 
maybe Chris Paul can get that out of Aiton. But uh, let's let's just start with this baseline. Uh, DeAndre Aiden, take more shots than campaign in the next game. Let's just work <laughs> on that. That that would be a, that would be a huge improvement. You got to stay in the game though. The the cheap fouls, he got a hard whistle tonight, so I yeah. want to give him a little bit of a pass. Um, he you know he got called for an over the back foul that just I mean it, it made no sense. But mm-hmm. um, so I would give him a little bit of a pass. DeAndre Aiden is really good. I I, I see a lot of good things for DeAndre Ayton this season, especially playing with Chris Paul. Uh, but tonight, just lackluster to me. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the, the Mavericks are not as good as people think they are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I don't say that to disparage them. They don't have their second best player. And for some reason, pe- you know, people aren't taking this into consideration when they're thinking about this team. But it showed tonight. Like They, they really missed Porzingis quite a bit. Yeah, who's the second best Mav right now? Well, it's Josh Richardson. Yeah, and he had he was he had twelve points tonight, seven rebounds. Like he had a nice game, he a fine game, and I liked a lot of what he did. It was pretty clear he's trying to feel his way around what they do. But his his life could be so much easier, you know, if Porzingis was out there. But it's hard without Porzingis and this roster. Yeah, it's tough. And, and, you know, they shot 24% from three, so they did not have a good night shooting the basketball. But they also just don't have a lot of knockdown shooters. I mean, you have Dorian Finney-Smith taking six threes, and that is definitely the Suns saying, great, funnel the ball to him. Let him shoot it. I mean, there – and Luca was great. Like, don't get me wrong, 32 points, five assists. Six, oh, eight, I don't, I don't think rebounds. he was great. I think he has great numbers, but I don't think he, had, he was great. Sure, yes. He had great numbers, but you can tell – He's work. He's going to work his way into shape as the yeah. season goes along. Which there's been many players, many great players throughout NBA history, who have done that. And so there's not necessarily anything wrong with it. But uh, we we may not see MVP Luca uh, for a few weeks. Well, we watched we watched Jokic do it last year and take his team to the conference finals. So you yep. know maybe he's just following the Jokic plan. But uh, I did not think he looked good, and, and it's. Not just physically, but I thought some of his plays were sloppy. His feet looked a little slow. He got tripped up a little bit. I saw him kind of grab the back of his knee, back of his leg. So I wonder how much that hampered him after that. But he didn't really look great in preseason physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't want to blame it on the injury, but I will give him the benefit of the doubt. Need to see a few more games. But I'm with you. I, I think that this first month, six weeks, in particular without Porzingis. It's going to be very much about Luca finding his conditioning. Maybe yeah. for a lot of these guys, because it was a really short camp. And, and maybe I'm being unfairly harsh on Luca just because he looks a little bit more out of shape uh, than some of the other guys, being a bigger guy anyway. Um, but I, I do think that it is going to hurt them in the short term while they're trying to win basketball games, which ultimately, you know, I'm not, I'm not predicting that they're going to miss the playoffs. But it gets it's going to get late pretty early in the West this year. The West is stacked. You can't you cannot get behind. And I I agree that they're 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 not going to the Mavs aren't going to miss the playoffs. But you do look at this roster and you're like, oh okay. If Josh Richardson is your second best player, like that's that's great for Josh. That's a problem for the Mavs though. That's a big yeah. problem for the Mavs. Well, you, your starting center, Dwight Powell, coming back from a from a Achilles tear. Yeah, um, he looks okay, but I don't think he's going to be anything like he was, at least not for again at least a month. 
probably longer, but at least yeah. a month. Yeah, you need production though. Like mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. I mean, there's just not anybody else on this team where you're. I mean, you're going to get some Tim Hardaway Jr. nights. That will happen. Yep. But then outside of that, wh- who's who's producing? I mean, that's where you need. That's where they really miss Porzingis. Is that yeah? There's. It's nice to. They have a lot of guys that will do the little things like Finney Smith. Great guy for that. Dwight Powell. Great for that. Richardson. Even great for that. Kleber. Great for that. Every, they need production. Like you just, you have to have guys that can fill it up and they just don't have a lot of those guys. Yeah. I, I thought um, even though they were worse with them on the court tonight, Maxi Kleba, the fact that he was gunning yeah. was a good sign. Uh, he can sometimes be a hesitant shooter. He wasn't at all. He took seven threes, hit a couple of them. That, that's mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, the, the point is that you're not a shooter unless you shoot. And so it's important that he shot. Uh, Jalen Brunson looked pretty good, man. Yeah, not they, they could have used him last year. You know, after that shoulder injury, he would have been great for them in the bubble. And I think he's a big addition to their team. Yeah, he he actually kept them in this game late. He, he was the reason why this game was even close. Is that his his energy and he, he kept pushing the ball down the court and he had a fast break layup that didn't seem like a great decision, but he ended up finishing it. I mean, he's he is definitely a difference maker for them and they're, they're going to need him. I mean, they're going to need Jalen Brunson. It's not a sentence I love for the Mavs, but they really do need him. I mean, they need, they, I think they need everybody Mm -hmm. and it's going to, again, I worry about it getting late early in the West for them. You haven't heard anything about Porzingis. Last I heard was end of January. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. That's what I've heard as well. That's a lot of games between now and then. It's going to be a lot of games. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you about the first game. What's your your hottest take from this game? Suns four seed? Is that hot? I don't know if it's hot. I mean, <laughs> it, all right, listen. All right, let me be honest. It probably is hot. But I, I told you, Seth and I were talking ourselves from, you know, the Suns can make the play in, you know, the eighth seed, seven seed. To yeah, the Suns could have home court. <laughs> yeah, and they're just they're just so talented. They're stacked, but they also they actually have pieces to trade. Yeah. They have oh, yeah. they have pieces that other teams are going to want if they decide they want to push their chips on the table. You know, if there's an injury, let's say at the top of the West, Phoenix could make a push for the finals. Like I think they just I think they have enough talent to do that. Now that's hot. I mean, that I know. is scorching. It's too hot. <laughs> they're just, they're really good. They're really good. They they're good. gonna and they're gonna be really fun. Um, they're yeah. not gonna make the finals, but they are really good and really fun. And I'm really, I'm pumped that Chris Paul is there. I mean, I know yeah. that you're you know you're an OKC guy and you guys had your fun last year, but uh, it's gonna be really cool to see Chris on a team with talent the level of Devin Booker. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of good teams. And that's I think that will make this season fun and get getting to the playoffs. I think uh, there's a there's there's never really true parody in the NBA. Yeah. I think that that's always kind of well. There's a lot of parody in the middle. Yes, now. there's a lot. Yes, exactly. Not there's, much at the top, but but mm-hmm. it's competitive in the middle. Yeah, the middle the middle is mushy, and that's I think that's good. Well, we've gotten to a good spot where you don't have a lot of outright tanking. You've got yeah. plenty of bad teams that are bad, but it's not outright tanking. I mean, Oklahoma City might be the closest, and I'd argue that they've got a pretty good roster that could potentially make the play-in game if they don't trade anybody away. 
too good to tank, man. They're too good to tank right now. That's that's the uh, that's the phrase going around OKC right now. Yeah. How upset were you that they didn't get, uh, or how happy were you that they didn't get a forfeit win today? <laughs> I was yeah. very glad. Well, look. Speaking of that, let's get to the news. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets game was postponed uh, because the Rockets could not field eight players. Is it field field in basketball? Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, they couldn't put eight players on the court. Um, now, I understand the COVID protocols. You don't want to punish teams uh, for having a COVID outbreak or something like that. But it, it feels like the Rockets kind of got off easy here. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is just, the, the root of this is just being irresponsible, which is frustrating. And And we see it, I mean, all around us all the time. I mean, there's... Yeah, it's it's a it's a frustrating world to live in right now. But then to see it like in in this game that I'm supposed to be covering tonight uh, is maddening. Like my I'm, I'm extremely frustrated by it. I and I know the, the Thunder have to be as well because the Thunder have been extremely responsible when it comes to all these protocols. And so have all their players. And then when you see James Harden and his behavior over the course of the last few weeks, I'm, I'm glad they finally got the balls to actually find him. <laughs> like, yeah. It's been a long time coming. Uh, they should have find him two weeks ago, but I don't, I guess because there wasn't a game played, they finally said, Oh, okay. Like the spotlight's even more on him. Let's finally find him. But I mean the 50,000, obviously that's just, it's not a lot. And I know he's, he's actually going to be, losing like around half a million dollars with some games that he's going to miss as mm-hmm. a result of this. Yeah. Uh, still just a drop in the bucket for him, but ho- hopefully he'll just it, at least follow the protocols. We know you don't want to be in Houston, James. We're very well aware of that, but at least like for the safety of those around you, like just follow these protocols. Like this it's to me, it's just like a basic, like on a human level, Let's just identify this as just a baseline it's, of it's, behavior. It's the bare minimum, and yeah. it's not that hard. No. In particular, if you're, um, you know, a very successful athlete, right? Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he obviously wants people to see this because he's not, he doesn't post everything on, right. on the internet, right. but he's posting this stuff on the internet. And, it's, yeah. and it has to just be like, hey, trade me now. I don't want to play. I don't want to play another game in a Houston Rockets uniform. Get me gone. Yeah. I wonder what it would be like if he had an agent. Like, I wonder if this this whole thing would just be handled differently. So, um, You'd think so. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, all right. Well, let's look around the league at the rest of the games. Um, a little bit of shocking, it, it, the Orlando Magic beating the Miami Heat. Yeah. Um, listen, it's the NBA. Any team can lose on any given night. Uh, did not expect the Heat to lose this game. <laughs> Just no. kind of surprised. Um, Bam, uh, you know, pre- pretty good night. But, uh, man, Evan Fournier, 25 points. What are you going to do? Yeah, all, so. all of these like forgotten like veterans on this team just kind of showed out on the on the magic because like the the first guy when you think about the magic is not Evan Fournier or Terrence right. Ross. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. They're just both just kind of hanging out on this roster, and you feel like they should have been traded two years ago from the <laughs> team, but they're still there and they're still I mean, producing. It feels like Evan Fournier signed his contract like eighteen years ago. 
I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, the six, the Sixers and Wizards had a pretty fun game. Came down to the wire. Uh, ben Simmons kind of sealed the deal with a with a dunk from the dunker spot. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Washington I think is going to be pretty fun. Davis Bertans just shooting the lights out. Yeah. It's kind of a game changer. Um, and uh, your boy Russell Westbrook, first triple double of the season. First of many, baby. Yes, yeah. it's good. I think it's good to see Russ kind of back in this kind of element where he's. I we have to move the goalposts for Russ because it's the last few years it's been like conference finals or bust kind of thing with yeah. the kind of teams he's been on, and it's not that with the Wizards. It's make the playoffs. You know what's cool though? This will hmm. be like I always talk about how much fun Russ is to watch, but this will yeah. be watching Russ for fun without any consequences. Exactly. If Washington is bad, it doesn't matter. Nope. If they make the playoffs, it just makes it more fun that you watched Russ be fun all year. Um, yeah. it, it's actually it, – maybe it's going to be refreshing. I, I don't know. Uh, Joel Embiid also had a, a triple-double, 29, 14, and 12. Um, okay. D- did you see the finish in Sacramento uh, with Sacramento and Denver? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> okay. It, we got overtime. Whatever. Uh it finishes with a buddy healed tip in at the buzzer off a missed dunk. Yeah. St- started with a block right. from Darren Fox, and which came out of nowhere. I mean, just blazing fast to the rim to block that shot. Yeah. Um, uh, Harrison Barnes is the guy who blew the dunk. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> Does he get the assist on that? He should. I would. I, I think if I'm Harrison Barnes, I'm at least petitioning for an assist. Uh, Jokic starts his MVP candidacy off pretty well with a triple double, 29, 15, and fourteen. So wow. sick. That's Insane. three triple doubles tonight. Listen, in man, the league. Hey, I mean, is the triple double overvalued? Uh, and then the craziest thing to happen tonight. Uh, not that the Atlanta Hawks. Blew the doors off the bull. So that's not crazy. Um, Trey Young scored 37 points on 12 shots, which, according to the Athletics' own Chris Kirshner, uh, that is the most points ever scored on 12 shots. It's unreal. It's unbelievable. Bogdanovich had 12 shots, scored 15 points. That's normal. This is not normal. It looks like a typo in the box score. Yeah, he had an insane game. Uh, 12 of 14 from the free throw line. Uh, I still want to see him play more off the ball. Um, but, man, Atlanta is really going to be able to score. They're uh, probably going to be able to score just, like, slightly below the nets. Yeah. Oh, I don't doubt it. They've and that they're, they're a team. They're kind of the opposite of the Mavs where you're like, oh, They've got a lot of guys and a lot of guys that can produce at a pretty high level. And then you have Trey Young who was, and if he continues to get to the free throw line like this and is able to get to his spots, I mean, yeah, this team's offensive ceiling is super high. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, guys. Thanks for waking up with us for another season. We are excited. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy the holidays. Be safe. Uh, We'll be back after the weekend with more of the Daily Ding. Don't forget, go to theathletic.com slash Daily Ding. Buy one, gift one. Look, Christmas is literally tomorrow. You didn't buy a gift for your dad. Go to theathletic.com slash Daily Ding. 
Maybe your mom wants to read The Athletic. Maybe she's a Bulls fan. Theathletic.com slash Daily Ding. Thank you guys for waking up with us. Andrew, would you like to do the honors? Ding, ding. <laughs>